Hello everybody, welcome back to a, another episode of Auto Save Disables. I'm your host, Caleb Presenter. And this is me, Trevor King Thick. Today, uh, we're on another side episode. Uh, so, I'm just going to go ahead and preface this, put this out here right off the bat. Don't be surprised if we do like another part to this episode without really planning on doing it. Because I feel like this would be a good discussion to have with uh, more people as well on the podcast. Yeah. But right now, it's just going to be me and Trev. And if we do another one down the line, it will, of course, you'll know because you'll be able to see the title of the video. Or, not video. Episode. <laughs> Here I am thinking I am a YouTuber. <laughs> Remember uh, to like and subscribe. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but do that anyway, please. Yeah, yeah. If whatever you're on subscribes somehow. Follow. Yeah, follow us. And uh, tell your friends. Get yeah. us out there. You know, get us around. Suck our extremities. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, as you might be able to tell from the title of uh, the episode. See, I got it right that time. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to be talking about... Uh, not really per se if one's better than the other, but I mean, some points probably would be better than the other, uh, depending on opinion. But we're going to be talking about the differences in, like, uh, RPGs, which, uh... You see, you got the rocket propel grenade, you got the Panzerfaust, <laughs> you got the bazooka, stuff like that. The javelin. Javelin. Javelin is fucking spicy. Very. There's some good spicy shit. <laughs> what, what misconception about RPGs that people don't understand is that whenever they explode, they don't just blow up. Whatever they hit fucks everything, like, another, like, 20 meters behind it. Well, in front of it, because it shoots out molten metal, like a fucking shotgun. Not like a dragon's breath, because dragon breaths are for pussies and shotgun flare. That's it. It doesn't really do anything to flash. But no, this sends molten shards of fucking metal. Well, okay, the real dragon's breath. Not consumer dragon's breath. <laughs> Well, well, Molten magnesium does a lot to flesh. <laughs> Not really. It mainly just sticks to clothes. Well, yeah, but still, that, that in turn does stuff to flesh. I'm pretty sure the stop, drop, and roll method would work very well. If not... Not in the know, middle of a firefight. Just take your damn clothes off. <laughs> Strip naked in the middle of a battle. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. I've been hit with the dragon's breath. Time to strip. Give, give these fools a show. And here they are thinking we're actually going to be talking about rocket propelled grenades. But no, <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, since this is a video game podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about role-playing games, which is what RPG stands for, if you did not know. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about the, the differences between... I know for a fact we can classify two of them. I don't know how you would classify the other ones, but, you know, CRPGs... JRPGs. You have like ARPGs. ARPGs. There's a whole bunch of different types of RPGs. Yeah, but like basically, like what we're like basically what we're talking about is each kind of category has its own thing. A JRPG is probably the only one that is strictly you know what's a JRPG. Yeah, and then you have Euro Junk. I don't what? even know about that. Euro Junk, Greedfall, Elix. Oh, okay. Stuff like that. That's Euro Junk. One thing that. Because, like, whenever I was playing Greedfall, I'm like, this feels extremely different than every other RPG I've ever played. And after playing it, it actually, like, has its own category. It's like it's more slang than an actual category, just called, like... I think it's Eurojunk. I think it's what people call it. Okay. It, you've played Greedfall, have you not? Nope. If you play Greedfall, you will notice it feels completely different. Like, nothing about it feels the same as any other RPG you've ever played. It, it handles weird... 
It's not smooth at all. Um, I mean, I love the setting of the game. I love the whole premise of the game. Yeah. But you can tell it's not top tier by any means. They're not polished. No. They they sanded it with 400 and then tried to buff it. They, they, they sanded it with a rock they found on the ground. <laughs> and then tried to jimmy buff it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, basically, well, like, like I was saying, like, everybody knows a JRPG. Yeah. If you don't by this point, you probably haven't played games enough. Well, you can strictly tell off the bat if something is a JRPG without question. Well, one, one thing I'm going to say before we really get into it, these are just going to be like rough takes. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're not pulling... Now, we could do an episode where we pull notes from it. Yeah. And everything. Right now, we Because, like, there are big enough differences, but we're just giving, like, spit takes on them and everything. We're basically giving... This is this episode. Like I don't even have the laptop or anything in front of me or anything for notes. This is strictly just us talking about the what we know about these types of RPGs and, and like, like our, how, experiences. our experiences and opinions on RPG, these RPGs and whether we prefer one or the over the other or anything. But back to, back to the what I was saying. Uh, so JRPGs have a very distinct, I guess you could say, style to them. Yeah, and a lot of them try to stick to the same theme of friendship and happy-go-lucky. Well, a lot of Japanese media does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like 90% of Japanese games is like, oh, I'm a peasant. 30 hours later, I'm killing gods. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, isn't that how it is? You I mean, start, basically... You, you start off as a literal nobody. I mean, now, granted, a lot, of, okay, so, a lot of RPGs, you start off as literal nobody. So, I, what I can think of... As the most drastic example that I know of off of my own personal experiences and what JRPGs I've played, the most drastic comparison of what you just said is Persona 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You start off as, as a, a as a high school teenager. That's kind of a delinquent. Seen, seen as a delinquent. Yeah, seen as delinquent because he has a criminal record. And then, uh, spoilers by the way, uh, just for anybody who's playing Persona 5 or hasn't beaten it or anything, just letting you know. You kill a god. Yeah. <laughs> Within the span of, like, what is it, like, six months? Something in, like In the game or something? Because <laughs> you start, like, uh, like what, August? And that happens around December. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, like, like five months. Yeah, five, six months. Yeah, it's it, it's a bit it's a bit out there. <laughs> but it's a cool game. Yeah, that game is definitely a power trip right there. But like we were saying, JRPGs in general, they're more centered around like a power fantasy. But uh, one thing I do want to say about that, though, uh, about it being a power trip, is just in the fact of the story makes it a power trip. Because honestly, in my opinion, in terms of like the powers they use in Persona and everything like that, they don't really feel like a power trip. No. The, the powers always feel kind of small scale. Yeah. But... Not not like other like JRPGs where you're throwing a fucking meteorite at somebody or, or, some or you know you're Noctis fighting a literal serpent god. Yeah, that too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which I would actually classify Final Fantasy 15 and stuff like that more into the ARPG than JRPG. But, but it's still a JRPG. At it's, its still core a, with ARPG. It's with, still a JRPG, but it it feels with, very much more with like an ARPG a, elements. Yeah, it feels it feels like it took a lot from ARPGs compared yeah. to what it used to. Uh, but JRPGs have, they usually have a, uh, most of the time they're turn-based, honestly. Uh, that's kind of their shtick. But 
one of the things we need to talk about is, of course, uh, a very small amount of history towards, you know, how RPGs even happened. So, I'm sure everybody knows about what, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. That was pretty much, you know, RPGs basically started as, you know, tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons and everything. But then uh, you started to get, like, CRPGs, uh, stuff along the lines of closer to, like, Baldur's Gate and Pillars of Eternity. Well, you, got, you got text-based games before that. Well, yeah, text-based as well, but... Main, they weren't really mainly like fully an RPG yet. Whenever CRPGs came around, is whenever it actually got to being a full well, like RP, like as RPGs are. Yeah, more it, basically it, that's when it became like playing Dungeons and Dragons, but you could see more, like, you could like, see it, stuff. It, yeah, it's a visual Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, not imaginary. Yeah. Um. Then JRPGs happened afterwards. Because they wanted to make a version of the CRPG, but more honed to consoles. And that's how you got, like, Dragon Quest and everything, which is, mm -hmm. like, some of the earliest ones. Um, but they, they usually had the turn-based kind of combat and everything. Uh, I feel like, of course, you know, every RPG at its core has dice rolls. Some yeah. some more extensive than others, such as Baldur's Gate and Pillars and everything like that. But well, Pillars really is, Pillars isn't nowhere near as strict as Baldur's Gate in any, any by any means. Yeah, it's nowhere near. As Baldur's strict. Gate is probably at its strictest at like core rules and up. Yeah, I mean hell, <laughs> even even the Elder Scrolls had dice rolls. Mainly, mainly Morrowind yeah, and more, earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, but like, there's also other RPGs that were like that some I can't remember the name of some of them no, 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 no. whenever we say dice rolls we don't mean literal dice rolls no no some, something that happens in the background that basically roll it, the it, algorithm it, it's an algorithm that rolls the possibility of whatever you're trying to do will happen yeah that happens in I mean honestly with a, with like American RPGs and stuff like that and like action RPGs and all that they've gotten more away from it but it's still still kind of there yeah, like Fallout like if you, 4 and Dialogue. Yeah, Fallout 4 and, like, a Skyrim, like, has nowhere near the amount of dice rolling in the background, probably, as you would, like, Morrowind or... Yeah, the only time there's really dice rolling in, fall, in, in uh, Fallout is just in uh, Dialogue. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to, like, Persuasions save... You have that. to save scum your Dialogue. Which one thing that I really liked, and they, they intentionally put it in there for that reason, I think. Which I think the only one I can think of... I'm probably wrong, but the only one I can think of off the top of my head that I... Th I can't really remember 1 and 2 right now, Fallout 1 and 2. But I know New Vegas, out of the 3D ones, New Vegas was the only one I think that had the dialogue as a point system. Where you had to have X amount. Yeah. Uh, Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 were a percent at all times. Yeah. So, like, Fallout 3... You could have it to where a like a persuasion check could, could be like a hundred percent, but it would still be a percent. But New Vegas has it to where like out of a hundred points you have seventy nine, yeah, to, and you have to have a hundred to pass this check, or else you don't pass it at all. Yeah, uh, well, like like you can like you can see the option there, but you can't even click on it. Yeah, like this, but you know, in Fallout Three and everything like that, and Fallout Four, like you probably have like a twenty percent chance. But if you want to take that risk, go ahead. But well, to me, in Fallout 4, there wasn't a risk. Because, like I said, you could quick well, save and quick load in the middle of a conversation. That's true. But also, another thing I really didn't like about Fallout 4 was, one, the fact that there's voice protagonists, so that the fact that you had less options in dialogue. Yeah. 
And two, the fact that anytime you had like a dialogue check, you had to go off of the color. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing to the side or anything. It was like, you had this percentage. It's just like, it's green, it's yellow, it's red. Figure it out. Because <laughs> like, I think yellow had a pretty decent margin on whether it was how high of a percentage yeah. it was. So red, I just never tried it. I was, but yellow, I was like, eh? And then there was one time I failed a green. Yeah. Like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's why, like, literally before any time I would talk to anybody, like, like, in the middle of the conversation, if I knew it, like, if I saw the decisions and everything, I would always quick save, and if I failed, quick load. Yeah. Which one thing I did like is because you were in the middle of a conversation, that was pretty much the only thing that was happening. Quick loading was, as it says, quick load. Yeah. But, uh... I still say probably my favorite dialogue, and almost, honestly, any game has to be in Fallout 4. Whenever you, uh... Whenever you're fighting against the Corsair and everything, it's the, you know the Corsair is the, mm -hmm. oh yeah, whenever you're fighting them, like at the top of the tower, you're like, uh, the sarcastic option, and whenever he's like, I, I think he was like, who are you? And he's like, it's like, I've got an order for a large pizza and a calzone, name, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I love that line so much. I, I love it so fucking much. I mean, to me, reading it would be funny, but just hearing him say it was really funny to me. I have an order for large pizza and a cow's own name. Fuck you. <laughs> That's like uh, the uh, dialogue option at the very beginning of the game to the vault tech dude. He's just like sarcastic. Go away. Away. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> but, uh, it has that's like the main like the only perks I can think of to a voice protagonist. I mean, cause like the line in New Vegas, whenever you're uh, at like the memorial, like the war memorial, like the Hoover Memorial, <laughs> he was like, "You're desecrating a war memorial." My brother died at the Battle of Hoover Dam. My and the di one of the dialogue options was, "Your brother was a bitch, and you are too." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, now it's on. <laughs> I love the mods for that because what they did for the mods, I can't remember if I talked about it. Because I'm pretty sure everybody that listens to this podcast is well aware of what an NFT is. Yeah. They put a picture of one of the monkeys on the memorial, and you had a camera, and you took a picture of it. <laughs> and it went through, like, the same dialogue and everything, but of course it was modded. I can't remember. <laughs> but he gets mad because you took a picture of his NFT. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's just a whole bunch of dumb shit. Anyway, back, back to the topic. Um... So, well, that's technically on topic. Yeah. But anyway, back to the the, the the talking about the differences and everything like that. Uh, I'm sure, honestly, out of the audience we probably have on this podcast, more people have played... I, I think it's a fair assumption to say more people play CRPGs and ARPGs than JRPGs. Yeah. Because, I mean, JRPGs are going to be like, of course, your, your Final Fantasies, uh, your your SMT games, like, of course, SMT, which is Shin Megami Tensei and Persona, uh, Dragon Quest, yeah, uh, stuff like that. A lot of, like, your... Because there's a shit ton of different JRPGs out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Like, you can look on the PlayStation Store, and if they Tales have... Tales of Arise. Tales of Asperia. Uh, Val uh, uh, Valkyrie, Valkyrie Chronicles. Yeah, the Valkyrie Chronicles. There's, there's uh, a whole... Uh, the, the, yeah, Tales of Arise, I think. I can't remember if we said that. I just said that. So uh, I <laughs> yeah. Sure. But, uh, like, there's a whole bunch. Like, there's... And oh, yeah, all, Secrets of Mana and everything. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that Square Enix has their name on. There's a lot of just... Like I said, like, ones that if you type in a YouTube video for, like, JRPGs, 
it's going to be a bunch of shit that you've never even heard of. Oh, yeah. But yet they have, like, such a huge, like, cult fan base. I mean, it's just like, I didn't really know anything about Persona until I bought Persona 5 one day just randomly. Because, like, the reason why I bought Persona 5 is actually really funny because I was, like, looking through YouTube one day, just watching videos, and, um... I saw, like, some thumbnails and stuff on, like, this game, like, the Persona 5, because, like, it had just come out at the yeah. time, and, like, a bunch of dudes were, like, doing videos on it that I subscribed to and everything, I was like, that's a, that's a, is that a JRPG? That's that looks kind of cool. I didn't actually watch any videos on it, <laughs> but I was like, that hey, looks kind of cool, I like the style of the, the stuff and everything, and so, like, I went to GameStop one day. And just randomly, randomly bought the the steel case version, which I still have, of the original just base game. And then from there, I just started to play it, and then I found out that like everything about the other ones. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> like it, it just came out of nowhere because I was just like randomly bought it one day because I saw some thumbnails on YouTube, and I was just like got hit by the freight train that is SMT. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and SMT has mul- like multiple spinoffs, such as Persona and uh, Soul Hackers, mm-hmm. which Soul Hackers 2 is actually coming out here soon. Coming out like a week or two from now. I wonder if they'll do a Persona 6. <sighs> I don't know. Because right now they're, they're kind of living off of Persona 5 at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Especially since they're releasing another... I don't know version another or, another version of or update. 5. I don't know exactly what it is because I can't read Japanese from because there was Japanese in the trailer that I saw. But it was basically just Persona Five Royal, but in sixty frames and everything. Like so, that really even matters. Not in a JRPG, really. No, no. In a turn-based game, that really doesn't matter. The frame rates the least of my worries. I mean, I still play Final Fantasy VII, the original. So yeah. <laughs> you think I give a shit about frame rate? What frame rate? <laughs> Actually, to be fair, on the PS4 slash PS5... Uh, it does run at 60. It runs at 60, yeah. But still, 60 frames... Well, okay, let me phrase that. It runs at 60 except for uh, in battle. Oh, okay. It runs at 30. Which a lot, which something a lot of people don't realize is that games have been running at 60 frames since the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. Like, Pokemon, that ran at 60 frames. Well, that's because our, our perception of 2D versus 3D 60 frames is different. different. Yeah. Way different. Because, I mean, like, you can you can look back at, like, a... I mean, I'm sure there was, like, 30 frames on, like, a 2D game is... I'm pretty sure that would look choppy as shit. It really doesn't. That's because I can't really... Because I, I think, like, the old school, like, the old school stuff for, like, the NES and everything like that was, like, around 30 frames or so. But even then, like, it's, it was still smooth. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Like, the original Mario and everything is still smooth today. Yeah. But no, what I'm saying, like, if you took, like, a Pokemon game and you made it 30 frames, people would notice. Oh, yeah, yeah. People would for sure notice that. For sure. Uh, but when it comes to 3D, we have more, I guess because of the fact that we, you know, of course, our world to us is 3D, we view, we can view the differences in smoothness that's... a lot easier than we can with 2D. Yeah. But that's just comes down to human psyche but <laughs> i'm not a psychologist let's just put that out there. <laughs> so, and something that I, I i think i've said on the podcast before i don't see how people can't tell the difference between 30 and 60 frames i i really don't understand how i don't i don't really know a lot of people that can't i know of three people off the top of my head that cannot is benny one of them yes how I don't know. But, Benny and the twins are the three people that I know of. The twins of can't either? No. What? I have showed them between 30 and 60 frames, and they cannot tell the difference. 
May they might be able to now, but Benny more than anybody cannot tell the difference between thirty and sixty frames. That's black. It is, and I don't understand it. It, it is completely I, different. I can tell immediately. I can too. Like if 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 you were to take a game, run it at thirty for like I, I'd be like 30, 30. 30 minutes. Not even that. No, I could see that within the first ten seconds. Well, yeah, but like I, I'm like, I'm, like I'm that's just, thirty frames. I'm saying like you run a game in thirty for like ten minutes. I was like, okay, yeah, it's in thirty, and you switch it at the ten minute mark to sixty. I'll notice immediately. Yeah, it's <laughs> a drastic change. I mean, I mean, I would love to see a game in one hundred twenty frames. I would absolutely fucking love to do that. That I, I, one thing I will say, I have never seen anything at 120 frames. Mm. I don't own anything that can push 120 frames. Not even my phone can do that. My phone can push out 4K at 60. I I can't. I I could, but the thing is, 100 like 120 hertz TVs. You know how fucking expensive they are. <laughs> do you know how fucking expensive they are? Yeah, they're pretty expensive. Like, like bare minimum, like five. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not spending that much. Unless one comes in through the shop and I can snag it for like 300 bucks. Even then, that's going to be a stretch. Yeah. Because it's not like that many games can run at 120 frames. They really don't. But I would love to see it still. Because like from what from what Elijah told me, he's like, you know that difference that you can tell between 30 and 60? You can see that between 60 and 120. I'm like, I need to see this shit. <laughs> he's like, you can tell for a fact. I'm like, I really need to see this, man. Uh Man, we're getting really off beat here. Man, we're still talking about games. We're still talking about games, yeah. We're I mean, talking about games. <laughs> this happens every time. Nobody should be surprised at this point. <laughs> but, uh, I, I guess now, now that we've kind of gotten a lot of clarifying information out of the way, uh, we should just talk about kind of the differences in, uh, b- between them in terms of gameplay and like which ones do either me or you prefer out of all the categories of RPGs. Yeah. I'll let you go first. I mean, I, I have just about... Well, I have a good bit of experience with RPGs. I do. And one thing that I completely forgot about, fucking The Witcher's a Eurojunk RPG. Is it? Yeah. It, it's technically a Eurojunk RPG, but it's like... I classify it as an ARPG. No, it, it's a Eurojunk It's a Eurojunk RPG. Wow. But it's like the most polished one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is by far the most polished one. And that game is just polished in general. But you know how, like... But one thing I will say, you know how that game controls versus, like, other games? You can tell a difference. Yeah. Think of that, but crank down to, like, 2. Versus 11 <laughs> that The Witcher 3 is on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, The Witcher 3 is Eurojunk. That is a Eurojunk RPG. I always just thought of it as an ARPG. It is a Eurojunk RPG. But as I've stated, it is leagues better. Yeah. Leagues better. I can I mean, imagine. I mean, I've had experience with that. Greedfall, everybody and their fucking mothers had experience with Skyrim. I've had a little experience with Oblivion, Fallout games. Pretty much almost everything Bethesda mm-hmm. I've dabbled in. I've dabbled in everything Obsidian pretty much at this point that Obsidian has to offer. Not um, everything, but... Well, except for their armored... Uh, what is that? Um, It's like, I think it... One of their, uh, like armored core it's not armored core because I know that's not them that's from soft yeah but yeah. it's it's like another one of those like weird games let me look it up real quick they also did alpha protocol yeah obsidian game because ah oh, shoot I, there was a there's a game that's coming out here soon or that was announced and that it's not going to be on ps5 what was it um, because I I've, I've read the article this morning on Facebook, 
And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit pissed about it. But I was like, I'm kind of glad. I, you know what? I, I think I shared that on Facebook. I think that's that article I shared on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it or not. Oh, Outer Worlds 2 is not going to be on PS5. Uh, that does, doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me either. It just sucks because I'd rather play that game at its best. And that would be, well, in comparison for what I have definitely on the PS5 than the Series S. But, uh, what is it? Dude, Armored Warfare. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Outer Worlds have had experience with that. Pillars. Uh, Divinity. I love Divinity. To me, Divinity is about, gameplay-wise, not necessarily, well, mechanics-wise, not necessarily, like, with all the spells and shit. That's about, like, the closest to, uh, OG Fallout that I'll, that I'll ever get. Until they decide to actually you know, like, which they won't ever do it, but put OG Fallouts and remaster them like for console and shit like that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've had experience with. Uh, XCOM. Persona. I don't even know if that is an RPG. No, that's just more of a strategy game. Persona. We have Persona. Yakuza like a dragon. Yeah, Yakuza like a dragon is the only Yakuza game that's like that, and quite frankly, I really enjoyed it. Although, I don't know if they're going to continue that trend or not. I don't know. It'd be nice if they did. Yeah. Because I would like another one. I, I would like another... Um... Then again, I'm not sure with what they did with Lost Judgment. Because it was more like Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a Yakuza-style game. But I would like another Like a Dragon, because I want it... I, I like the Protag. Yeah. I, I like I liked, I liked Ichiban. He, he was a really good protagonist, in my opinion. He was just a nobody Yakuza, ex-Yakuza, who just rose and did what he needed to. And I, I really enjoyed that bit. Um, Final Fantasy, haven't said that yet. From Soft Games, Neo. I've... Whew, there's a whole shit ton of games that I've, that I've put my foot in. I really can't think of all of them off the top of my head. With me, it's mostly the same as you, except for the exceptions of adding on some more JRPGs and everything like that. Yeah, you have more JRPGs than I do. Um, you could kind of classify Monster Hunter into that. It's, yeah. more, it's more of an action game than an RPG, but you still have the customizing your character. You can... Like stick with builds and stuff like that, but it's not really so much an RPG. The, my my main thing is I don't feel like anything in Monster Hunter really has like that that algorithm we were talking about. Yeah. Compared to other stuff. Yeah. Mass Effect. Yeah. Dragon's Dogma, which kind of surprises me. I don't really have that much time in the Dragon's Dogma as I thought I did. Which, for some reason, that game never appeared on my time. Hmm. At least I don't think it did on my on my account. Hmm. Destiny. In a way... It's mainly a dice roll on what you get. Yeah. <laughs> Mark 44. I mean, I mean, Borderlands is, a, is like a looter RPG in a way. Same thing with Diablo. Well, well that's the, like, the thing with... Uh, More Diablo, though. Like... 
like a lot of like the newer RPG style stuff with skills and everything like that have fallen away from the algorithm thing we spoke of. Yeah. But they're still, in my opinion, of course, you know, hardcore RPG people probably be like, it's, it's not an RPG unless it's got a dice roll. Don't care. Uh, if it's got skills and customization and everything like that, it's still an RPG to me. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I would classify Destiny as an RPG, just a very bare it, bone. It's, it's, it's a loose... It is as... Quote-unquote loose translation for an RPG. It's about as it's about as loose and bare-boned of an RPG as I can think of yeah. right now off the top of my head. I'm sure there's stuff that's looser and more bare-boned, but... Like your mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Borderlands, I would count as an RPG as well, just of course, you know, add the looter aspect, Diablo, stuff like that. Uh, which Diablo, I think, has a pretty decent algorithm to it. No Man's Sky. Yeah, No Man's Sky. Yeah. Well, of course, I mean, that one's a, more of a survival sort of RPG style. Yeah. Minus, you know, skills, because mm-hmm. it's not really skills, mainly just equipment that does stuff. Yeah. I mean, I played the Horizon games. I forgot about them. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. I'd honestly count Red Dead as an RPG. It is an RPG, in, in a sense. Oh, uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, Elden Ring. Well, yeah. we said from From Soft, games, yeah. but I played a little bit of Genshin, not a lot of Genshin. Um, uh, I'd classify. I'd actually classify the Spider-Man games as RPGs, I, I to really, to an extent. I really wouldn't so much. That's just more of an action game than an RPG to me. It, it's an action game, but like it's got a pretty decent skill uh, tree, if you want to call it that. Yeah, but I would cons- I would still consider that more of an of just an action. Yeah, you know that I think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I take that. I I, I, I belay that statement. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dying light. Yeah, we, we can keep going on, but I think we need to keep, uh, you know, to the core here. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Shell. Okay. Which, I, one thing I will say about Mortal Shell, that... I call that, Ghost Recon Breakpoint an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it kind of is. It, it really kind of is. Um, uh, Pete? But... Honestly, I... Out of all the ones that I've played, I've I've been surprised more by JRPGs, but I like less of them. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy fifteen will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles two will always hold a special place in my heart. Um what other ones? Persona never, Five will always hold a special place in my heart. I was never really big on the Xenoblade, man, just because I don't like that combat style. Which one thing that pisses me off? Which I'm kind of glad it got delayed, but like I sold my Switch probably like a month before Xenoblade Three was supposed to come out, but then it got delayed, which I'm really happy about. At least I'm pretty sure it got delayed. But if I would have known that, well, I, I say that I traded my Switch for my PS5, so <laughs> that's a win in my opinion. Um... <laughs> But I'll probably end up having to get another Switch whenever Xenoblade 3 comes out. Because I know I'm going to want to play that. Which kind of sucks because they're... Which one thing I don't kind of get about the Xenoblade games, they don't pick up where the other ones left off. Well, I mean, it's just... They're, all, they're all different. That's the same with Final Fantasy. Yeah, they're all different. Except, except you know, you have those cases 10, where... 10, 2, 10, 3, 10, XP. Well, there's only two 10s. Oh, yeah, uh, there's the, three thirteens. Yeah, three thirteens. <laughs> thirteen, thirteen, two, lightning, lightning comes back, lightning McQueen, ka-chow. 
I actually didn't really. Uh, I think I, I played the first thirteen, but I didn't play the other two. Yeah. Call me a fake fan if you want. I don't care. But <laughs> oh shit! What is that? That was during what I call the dark ages of JRPG combat. What is what is that game that Chase had that was like seven disc on Xbox? Oh, uh, Lost Odyssey. Well, yeah, yeah, Lost yeah. Odyssey. Holy shit! Yeah, that game on an, on a, on a three sixty had seven fucking discs. Wrap wrap your head around that. I would. To me, to be fair, I don't know how to feel about that per se compared to say a PS three version because. Castlevania Lords of Shadow yeah uh, on PS3 was one disc on Xbox was two discs and they were the same amount of game so wasn't was it Rage one disc on Playstation and two disc on Xbox I know it was one disc on Playstation but I never saw an Xbox version so I, I don't know I for play, sure I, I wasn't sure because I played it on the Xbox and had two discs yeah I played it on PS3 so oh okay which is which I, I don't know I, I don't know if that's just a design flaw I think that was mainly because of the fact that at the time, PlayStation was using Blu-ray and Xbox wasn't. I think so. Because yeah. like, cause Blu-ray could hold more than a regular Yeah. Uh, like CD. a regular disc. Yeah, yeah. regular disc could. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's what that ended up being. Um, but even... I've never even seen Lost Odyssey on PlayStation, which is weird. Because that's like a JRPG that's... I'm sure it is, on. but I've just hardly ever seen Lost Odyssey in general. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, if I had to take a while, I guess, I would probably have, like, at least, like, four discs on PlayStation. Probably. Yeah. If it's but... seven on... Excuse me, I burped. Uh, seven on Xbox. I mean, hell, Red Dead's the only game in recent time that's had multiple discs. Yeah, but I wouldn't really... Uh, it's multiple discs, but I don't really consider it a multiple disc, mainly just because one disc is just for install purposes. But you can't play it without the other disc. That's true, but that's why I consider it a two disc game. I, I mainly cons- I like I mainly consider it a two disc game if like while if you're you playing, have to, like, you like eject and then put the other yeah one put in. the other one in and actually play continue it on the next disc, like yeah. uh, the original Final Fan- the PlayStation One Final Fantasy Seven was because it was four discs on uh, PlayStation yeah. One. Because you had to like sit there and be like, okay, I got to this point, uh, eject, uh, put in the... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and oddly enough, that weird Camelot game I played, I can never remember the name of it. I can never remember, I remember the name. you na- showing me the... The, the, fucking... the, the FMVs for it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That, it was pretty bad, man. They were rough. Uh-huh. <laughs> Combat in that game was rough to watch. Uh, ironically enough, though, it was a pretty fun game. You just had to get used to it. Yeah, it's like alcohol. <laughs> it's pretty fun. You just got to get used to it. <laughs> you thought turn-based was bad, Trevor. That <laughs> game was rough. <laughs> I think it was like Legend, like Legend of the Sword or some shit like that. Fucker shaved you with no lube. <laughs> just straight dry shaving. Yeah, it got the job done, but at what cost? Um... <laughs> uh, but so honestly in my opinion I feel like between it's it's a tough way to go like either way on like which style I prefer but I think deep down I kind of prefer a JRPG because for for me uh personally they they have a factor to them that others don't and I don't know what it is per se but so, like, right now, I'm playing Persona 5 Royal, right? Yeah. And I'm binging the absolute crap out of it as much as I can, right? 
but I don't feel like I'm binging it. That week I was we were off for the snowstorm thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I got Dragon Quest. Uh, what was it 11, 11 right yeah. before like that weekend right before that happened mm-hmm. and I played it the whole week but I didn't feel like I was overexerting myself to play it or like I was genuinely wanting to play the game the entire time yeah and that's like every like JRPG I've played whether it was like a Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or anything like that or you know it not necessarily just turn based a lot of times turn based uh, it's it, turn based games have a lot to do with it just because I, I, I actually really enjoy the turn based style of combat uh, but that's just me. Uh, but like games, like like they just have something to them that makes me want to keep playing them a lot. You see, Com- like compared to like whenever I'd play like uh, the The Witcher Three yeah. or uh, like Skyrim or anything like that. Like it, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I need to take a break. To me, my my brain is wired a lot differently than yours. I know that. For me, I don't like JRPGs near as much as I do white people RPGs. I'm just going to say, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's just the easiest way to really say it because you've got like this whole expansive list of yeah. RPGs. But um, like, like really, the only technically JRPG that I thoroughly can sit down and play through is is a FromSoft game. That's it. Yeah. But um, to me. The whole concept, and not even turn-based, but like the whole concept behind like the stories of JRPGs, they all tend to bore the fuck out of me. Because like they all stick around the same formula of one big badass protagonist, and you're and you're getting friendship. Oh, I need this friend. Friendship, family. And stuff like that. Whenever you have, like, white people in Western RPGs, it's like, this fucker stole my rotisserie chicken. Now I need to go kill the president and rape Saudi Arabia. I I mean, that's like, to me, that's like, I I don't know. To me, like, like the whole premise of, of, like, the whole rotisserie chicken deal, because you know that. Like, Western RPGs are goofy as shit. They can be. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like, the whole narrative behind them just bores the shit out of me. Like, I can't just sit down and constantly have this whole... Now, like, Final Fantasy XV, that, to me, like I said, it always has a special place in my heart. To me, it did the same exact concept. Oh, yeah. You big, big badass protagonist. Die with your friends. Live with your friends. Blah, 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 bullshit. That's every Final Fantasy, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) To me, that's the same reason why I don't like a lot of anime. Yeah. It's all the fucking same. It really is at its core. Now, granted, you can make it different. Like with, like with Xeno, like if you took Xenoblade and Final Fantasy, they're completely different fucking games. Yeah. Does it still follow about the same fucking formula? Yeah. I mean, I, I wholly agree with that. I don't Persona just... Five does the same thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it Persona, puts a... Persona Five is like the worst. At it, it puts so much emphasis on it; it hurts with the whole confidant system. <laughs> I mean, no, no. Granted, one thing I will say is that like the confidants and like your friends and everything. I, I really wouldn't say felt alive. They just felt more engaging. Yeah. And like, everything. Because it, you had to talk to them. Yeah, you, you had, had to... You had to build up your You had to actually take time out of your in-game schedule to actually hang out who with whoever you wanted to hang out with to get them higher in confidant rank and potentially get more out of them as a either party member or if it's somebody that wasn't in your actual battle party, somebody that gave you benefits in battles in some way or shape or form. Yeah, to me, I guess one big thing is that like JRPGs, 
they they have a lot more childish themes to them, but they do have their darkness to them. Yeah. But it's more subtle darkness. Like, white people RPGs are just dark. Like, 90% of them are just dark from the very fucking beginning. And who knows? Maybe it's just because I'm internally a fucking edgelord. Who knows? <laughs> but, like, I, I, I guess one thing I'm trying to say is that, like, white RPGs are just more mature in general. And... Granted, I know I'm not a, a really mature person because y'all have heard me talk, but it's it, it hits different to me having that level of maturity versus just the I, I the whole the whole bullshit friendship thing and everything, and it's just so happy go lucky it fucking hurts, and that that's one big thing that I really don't like. Like, and also another thing, having underage protagonists. That's one thing that's always turned me off of like Japanese, like JRPGs in general. Or e- even if they're not underage, they're they they're not built to be a badass protagonist. Yeah. Like like and like one thing I will say, and you 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 might agree with me, Cloud. There is no reason in the world that fucker should be able to do what he does. <laughs> no fucking reason. If you took if you took guts and put him in that spot, I'd be like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But no, nothing about that makes sense to me. Nothing about Rex and fucking Xenoblade makes sense to me. I and mean, when I say that, I mean absolutely not a fucking thing about Rex makes sense okay. to me. Okay. I'm not really disagreeing with you. On looks alone, no, Cloud does not look like he should be able to do what he does. And to me, that's what I don't like. But I, I know, I know, I know nothing about Rex. Uh, He's a fucking thirteen-year-old Welsh Australian kid. <laughs> he can't make up his accent on what the fuck he wants to be. Oi, <laughs> Poira, Mithra, we need to go do this. I'm like, make up your fucking mind. What are you? What are you? Are you from the land down under, the land where wells flow? Where are you from? But. He's a fucking uh, child. In terms of, uh, due to the fact I know a decent bit about Cloud, uh, is, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of story, it makes sense as to why. But to me, like, like I mean, Sephiroth's not really that big. And no. he's doing insane shit, too. To me, uh, it's, it's just the soldier program. Story stuff. Uh, <laughs> one thing I will say about Japan, I love the way they portray Americans. I want to be the American that the Japanese think I am. What, do you want to be Bandit Keith from Yu-Gi-Oh? No, I want to be the fucking senator, Nano Machine son. <laughs> I want to be the Americans that the Japanese think we are. I want to be that mother. I want to be fucking Guile. I want to be that person. I do. <laughs> And then you have motherfuckers like Cloud. Maybe, maybe without the haircut. Well, I would shake my head like I do now. <laughs> then I would just look like a skinhead. But, but but you see what I mean? To me, it just I don't I don't like their character designs. I never have. Fair. But to me, to me, Persona Five character designs—they're fine. They're, they're high they're, school students. They're new age. They're new age. They're, they're new age high school students. So yes, they're going to look crazy and different. And in Japanese society, looking crazy and different is something that people try to do all the time. Now, granted, you still have a large portion of them that try to just look same old, same old chink red eyes and shit like that. But but you have those few that try to look different. That is to be expected. Yeah. And everything, but. I've never been a huge fan of Japanese character design. I just never have been. I mean, granted, anime's anime. You're always going to have crazy bullshit in anime because it's in the word anime. It's going to be crazy as shit. But, like, in video game-wise, to me, I, I've never liked their character design. I just never have. I love their monster designs. 
They they always have some really badass monsters. I will say that fucking Leviathan, badass as shit. Uh, Fatalis, badass as shit, and everything. And you also have the Marlboro, which I think is a really creative monster, and everything. I mean, but just having. And one thing I'll even say, fucking Noctis, he's a prime candidate. How do, how does he do that? He's a twink. He's a magical prince. He's a magical twink. <laughs> We're hitting all of the slanders today. We are. I mean... Mainly just Trevor. <laughs> I mean, I still love those three games, though. Like, like the three ones that I named. I still do. But the, if I could change a couple things about them, I fucking wouldn't heartbeat. To me, I'm not saying that Rex has to go from a 13-year-old to, like, a 6'5", 250-pound buff motherfucker by any means. No. But, I mean, no. None of this makes sense. <laughs> not not even with um, Scarlet Nexus. I, I don't believe any of those characters are capable of that. Near Automata, I love 2 B's design. I'm a straight man to hell and back. <laughs> but, uh, she shouldn't be able to do that. She well, she's an android. Yeah, you can say that. All right, do, all right, does Android 18 look like she could beat Vegeta's ass? No. Exactly. But she but did. Ha- but it happened. <laughs> yeah, but to me, that's just one, that's another thing about Japanese design. They have these overly skinny motherfuckers <laughs> that can somehow dominate the entire galaxy. And I don't like it. Well, Dragon Ball's not really a good thing to pull up on that because everybody's usually buff as shit. Yeah. Mainly older Dragon Ball. Super, not so much. But Yeah. I mean, whether not, not really buff, but just cut. And super they're, cut. Yeah. And Z and... They're buff. They are... They are buff. They are ripped. <laughs> I mean, Broly, prime candidate. I mean, just... Uh, yeah, but... Like, me, like look at look at Goku at the like in during the Saiyan saga. They they drew him big. They did. <laughs> to me, Broly, like a motherfucker like Broly, I could see him destroying the universe. I could. <laughs> but then you have someone like Beerus that comes along who's literally the same size as my fucking pinky. Well, he's a starved cat. But he's somehow this major powerful god. To me... Well, I mean, none of the the gods of destruction have a good build, in my opinion. They don't. I mean... (laughs) One's a literal mouse. Chompa makes sense. He's he's just a fat cat. Hell, he's his brother, though. Yeah. He's just the... He's supposed to be the opposite of Beerus. He's a skinny cat. He's a fat cat. Topo makes sense whenever he he becomes god of destruction. Yeah, I still don't like his proportions. Neither do I. He he looks dumb as fuck. He looks like a buff Carl from Jimmy Neutron. The same with Jiren. I hate Jiren's proportions. That motherfucker skips leg day like it's a religion. He does. (laughs) He does. If anybody likes Jiren, I'm sorry, but he's a shit design and a shit character. (laughs) To me, if if people had more... like Like if the Japanese made character designs like the Korean Jesus statue. Have you seen that? <laughs> like the Korean Jesus statue. I could believe that those people could destroy. I could believe that they have that power. I could. But I have no faith in somebody who has tall blonde hair and who weighs 90 pounds soaking wet. But they can wield a sword that weighs, what, 300 pounds? And swing it like it's nothing? His hair's not that long, by the way. It sticks up a good foot. Not really, uh... Like you know, the newer designs of them and stuff like that. It's more like up to up to here. But still, it's it, just spiked to hell and back. Yes, uh, flat. It would be like here probably, like flat on his head. I, I don't know. Uh, Sephiroth's the one with the long hair. Yeah, and they had to you know canonically reveal how much shampoo and conditioner he uses. Fun fact. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they felt like they had to tell fans that. I guess people were just burning for the answer to that question for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but man, we've been on a tangent here. But, or, but you've been on a tangent. Let me put it there. I just, and another thing is about JRPGs. The one and one thing that you will agree with me on. You never really get to differ from your path. They all have a straight path that the protagonist takes. That that, that is very true. And I don't like that. That I, I don't like a set path. That is very true. And I'm not, and it's not even like whenever I say set path, I'm not meaning like linear versus open. Yeah. No, I mean like you can't stray from this almighty good fellow. Yeah. No, you can't do You're that. You're basically stuck as a uh, you know a lawful good cleric in D and D. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> No, no, not a clear paladin. Yeah. You're you're more than righteous, and you have to stick to the to the fucking straight and narrow. Which I mean, so I, I wholly agree with that. You, there's really no differentiation in path in a JRPG compared to say you know stuff like uh, like American style RPGs or no. not just American but European and stuff like that. ARPGs, CRPGs, stuff like that. Now I mean, if you could make your character like if Cloud could join Sephiroth and kill everybody. To me, that would just... I'm not saying that would make the game better by any means, but to me, that would add that bit of diversity that I think JRPGs need. Because, they, like I said, they all want to go down the straight line. That's what they do. The, 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 yeah, that, that's completely fair. But, I, I, like, to me, even though there's really no differentiation in path, they still have something there that makes me like them. Yeah, and then you know I, mean, I still they, they do I, have their charm to them, and I still want to play the absolute crap out of them because, like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed. I, I'm sure anybody who knows me and see me play a video game has noticed. Like, when it comes to like a JRPG, uh, for one, they're intimidating to a lot of people, including me. I, I they have a lot of systems that you need to absorb at once. I really like them. And I have a lot of experience with them, so I mean, I picked them up fairly quickly in terms of stuff like that, you know, the systems and everything mm-hmm. like that. I, I usually pick them up pretty quick. But my, my main thing is the hours. That's what intimidates you're, you're me. You're always going to put a shit ton of hours into a JRPG. And when it comes to that, it makes it makes it hard to start one, but once I start one, I can't fucking stop. Yeah, because that's how... Yeah, it's that's like a weird I, drug. Yeah, that's how I was. <laughs> like, like, I... Like Final Fantasy 15, I got that on a whim. Yeah, I really did. I played that from. I think front. I think you mainly got it one day because I was just telling you about it. Because it was about it was about to come out, and I was like, "Yeah, but you should try it." And, and you told me it was different; it wasn't turn based. Yeah, and I was like, you know, like 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 Final Fantasy games. Like I've known they have pretty decent stories. I've always known that they were that they had really good writers to back them up, and everything. So like I got it on a whim. I played that thing from fucking cover to cover. I did. I did so much shit in that game. I did, I did as well. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I had I had only watched a little 30-second trailer, and I'm like, that looks badass as shit. So I bought it for $60, because you know Nintendo never has sales. <laughs> but um, And when they do, it's barely so fucking sales. Yeah, yeah, you get your game for $45. Bucks. A game that's five years old, you get for $45. Bucks. And not even that, dude. You can go to GameStop and a hard copy of Breath of the Wild, still 60 Yeah, fuck you, Nintendo. Why? How many times do I have to say fuck Nintendo on this podcast? Why? Why? <laughs> why? Why is Breath of the Wild came out in, what, 2017? That's somewhere why it's like a five-year-old game. Breath of the Wild is that old, and it's still 60 fucking dollars. Yes. Why is Mario Odyssey still 60 fucking... Why is Mario Kart $60? I bought a pre-owned copy of Mario Kart 8 for the Switch. For what, so we 50 could, bucks? $55. I got $5 off. Ooh. With tax included, it was still sixty bucks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, how many times do I ha- like have to actively say "fuck Nintendo" on this podcast? It's uh, more than we can count, probably. I have said "fuck Nintendo" so many times, <laughs> and that's because guess what? Fuck Nintendo and their business practices. <laughs> it's sad. 
It really is. And uh, they, we did not get a triple pack of Zelda. <laughs> the bastards. Well, which I, I laugh. Not not really in mocking this, just because of the irony of how bad it was. It, it was fucking atrocious. It was. We got a fucking Game & Watch. Yeah, I know, and so does the audience. Game & Watch hasn't been fucking relevant since the 80s. Since the Game & Watch. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> except maybe if you conclude Smash, but that's not really Game & Watch, it's just a character. Yeah. But, still, uh, nobody plays them a lot. Yeah, but, like I said, Z- Xenoblade, I got that on a whim just because I watched a little trailer, and I'm like, this looks really cool. I like the different mechanics they have in it. I played that cover to cover. I, I put 80 hours straight into that game and then finally beat it. Um, Fucking Persona 5. I played that game for two solid weeks before I finally beat it. And I, I played that game from cover to cover. I loved that game. But, I, like Caleb was saying... There's so much devotion you have to put into one. Yeah. Because one thing that really separates white RPGs from JRPGs is that in a white RPG, you can play for 20, 30 hours and just goof off and dick around. And granted, you can do que- you can do a quest every now and then, but I still feel like I did something. Yeah. But in a JRPGs, I feel like I have to put 40 hours in before I finally even scratch the surface. And that's one thing that I'm not a big fan of. Now, I know I've had issues here lately, like actually like dedicating to certain games that I wanted to play, but that's because, like, like I said, with like JRPGs, you have to invest time. You have to commit. You have to commit in order to feel like you've actually done anything. Yeah. But like in but like in white RPGs, you don't have to commit, and you still feel like you did something. Yeah. Which well, I mean, I was like in Skyrim, like I dicked around ninety percent of the time, but I my character got stronger, I got better, I got more armor. Yeah. I was I was able to do way more shit than I was before. Well, like JRPGs, ninety percent of the shit that you can do is always locked behind story. Or farming. To get to a high enough level to do something. Yeah, but main, but it's always it's mainly behind story. Yeah. Now, granted, there are some white RPGs that are like that and everything, but it's always a lot behind story. It just is. Yeah, but, which I mean, out of all the JRPGs I played that I can think of in terms of uh, what what you were saying, the only the only one I can think of uh, off the top of my head that I feel like at all times I'm actually doing something, like progressing something in some sort of way, yeah. is Persona 5. Yeah, Persona 5 has a good pace to it. Because it has a great pace. The game is always moving forward. You have no control over that. No, you, The you, days are going to keep going, no matter what. So it's up to you to determine how you spend your time. Yeah, and you basically adjust yourself to Persona's play style. Yeah. Instead of, you, instead of like, I adjust Skyrim to my play style. Yeah. Which, to me, I... To me, that wasn't so bad for me getting into Persona 5, because, like I said, it was it was something completely brand new to me. Like, I mean, it was foreign as shit for me, and Caleb can, can attest to this. It was foreign as shit to me. I got into it, and I'm like, I like the pace. I feel like I'm do. Persona 5 is the only JRPG that I can think of where I feel like I do something, even if I only play, like, three hours off. Yeah. Like, like, I always feel like I accomplish something, no matter how many, like, minutes or hours I put into it. I feel like something has happened. That is, that that might be somewhat significant, and I like that. Now, granted, I guess it's because you know I didn't have a father in my life. I always had to have that that weird gratification, <laughs> and everything. But, but I wouldn't say I'm an impatient person. 
but I'm definitely not the most patient. Yeah. I have prayed for patience, and I have fucking regretted it. Never pray for patience. You will regret every fucking minute of it. I I prayed for patience one time, and I regretted, like, I think, like, the next six years of my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no need to clarify that. Uh, well, no, that wasn't... No, what you're thinking, that wasn't six. That was, like, ten or twelve years uh, of my life. Fair. Yeah, that was, like, ten years of my life that I prayed for patience, and I had to deal with that. Which, granted... That that's over with. That's gone. That's behind me. But um, I I don't feel like I need that instant gratification. But like it, it's just I, I don't know something about it. Same thing with Mass Effect. I feel like I can play that game for three hours and something significant always happens. Oh yeah. Now man. you can dick off in the Citadel for fuck it, like for fucking ever. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, what about the Reapers? What? <laughs> we got the Reapers coming. We'll bang, okay. <laughs> but um. But uh, what I was going to add on to that is, like, Persona 5, I always feel like, even, like, of course, like, outside of going into the metaverse and actually battling and everything like that, I feel like even in the day-to-day life in the game, I feel like I'm constantly always getting something done. Which, whenever we say metaverse, that that term was coined in that game before Zuckerberg decided to do this Yes, uh, so, now, the game came out, like, what, 2016, 2017? Something like something that? Something like that. Uh, it, was, it was called the, the, the metaverse in that game. It was called the metaverse for Zuckerberg made metaverse. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> but, but they say metaverse as, like, the app that you use. Well, no, the, they, the metaverse is just the the the, the reality that yeah. they go into. The, yeah. the, the What they use on the phone is the nav, the, the meta nav. Yeah, yeah, but doesn't that, like, get them inside of the metaverse? Yeah, the meta nav. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's where you actually do your, like, actual, like, your turn-based battling and everything like that. Yeah. When you're outside of that and you're in the, like, regular, I guess you could say real reality, I guess you want to call it that. You're just, like, a quote-unquote normal high schooler. Yeah, point. and you're just going day-to-day, you know, you have, your day is sectioned up into, like, if it's a school day, it'll say, you know, after school, uh, in the evening. If it's a day where you don't have school, just say daytime and then the evening. And depending on what time of day it is, you can do certain things, level up certain confidants, whatever have you. Go eat a fu- go eat a fucking burger. Yeah, you can eat a burger to level up one of your social stats. Yeah, <laughs> and boost uh, your confidence. Your guts. But, your guts, confidence. Yeah, because yeah. it's like what, like kindness, guts, charm, uh, proficiency, and. I can't remember. What was the fifth one? I can't remember at all. Knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge. Yeah, yeah, knowledge. 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 <laughs> oh, man. But Persona is like, legitimately, always something feels like it, it gets done. Yeah. Even, it, like, because, I mean, when you level up a confidant, all you're doing is just talking to somebody. Yeah, but, yeah like, making, seen, making the right dialogue options. Making the right dialogue options to help level up the confidant quicker so that you can get it done quicker and everything like that. And... Um, and one thing else that Persona has, Persona Five, is that dialogue really matters. Oh yeah, that's not something common in JRPGs. Not a lot of times. No, a lot of times you don't even really get dialogue. No, options. no, no. It's just cutscenes. Yeah, that's it. But like, to me, that that had, oh excuse me, acid reflux. Like Final Fantasy Seven, you have very like some. It's like the original, of course. Uh, you have some instances where you have the choice between like maybe two options in a dialogue sequence. But do they even matter? No. That's what I'm saying. At all. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> to me, that, that's like one thing that Persona 5 kind of took from wide RPGs and everything is that... I just need to start calling them Western. But yeah. like, like Western RPGs is that dialogue mattered. 
like really matter. Like if you if you fucked up a dialogue choice in Persona Five, the game would end at like the halfway point. Yeah. Like completely, like completely end at the halfway point. Which I'm was not, it the halfway point? I don't know. More like sixty percent. Well, I, oh, okay, okay. So I'd for, say probably, so. So so for the royal, it would it might be like the sixty to seventy five percent line. I'd say for royal, I'd say probably the sixty, maybe fifty. Yeah. Uh, but for like, like, base like game, base five, it's I'd say probably seventy. Yeah, yeah. You still got you know, like you still got a little a decent bit, but it's it's not a, like a lot. Wait, a which lot. I'm not even sure if you have to restart. Which I don't. To me, I don't think they'd be that big of a dick to make you restart after that. Yeah, but because I think around the time that that thing that that specific point point happened, I was at like. 90 hours or so about there yeah uh and then like by the time i beat the actual base game content before going into the third semester for royal i think i was at like 110 or a little less yeah so yeah i'd say it's probably like 70 75 percent you could just have the game end yeah if you don't make the right choices which that's one of the i can't really think of another game off the top of my head to where the game just ends like partially through it because of a bad decision I don't know. I feel like I played another game where that could. I'm happen. sure there are some I've played. I just can't really remember them off the top of my head. Yeah, because right once we start getting talking about stuff like this, my mind just kind of just kind of gravitates towards this one field. Yeah, and it's hard for me to really pick and pull what I need from other fields. Yeah. So that's why, like, like if 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 we weren't talking about this specifically, I could probably name those games right off the top of my head. Yeah. But because we're talking about this, I can't even fucking think halfway straight. But so. Of course, I'm sure you're, since you went on the whole rant earlier about the JRPGs, I'm sure you're coming from the side of you prefer the CRPGs, ARPGs, you know, Western-style RPGs and everything. I mean, I mean, yeah, like, like, to me, I'd probably say the most different RPG I've ever played is definitely Divinity. Yeah. Divinity and Pillars. Those two, have, like, Pillars, to me, that, one thing I will say, all the games that I've really enjoyed, I got off of a whim. I did. I mean, that tends to happen. Like, that, that's, I, I just, that's happened to me. Like, like Dragon I, Quest Eleven. I was just like, eh, it's on sale. Fuck it. Yeah, I was like, it was like on sale for like, it was the complete edition for like, less than 30 bucks. Yeah, something like that. And then I put like 120 hours into it. Yeah. And so, I mean, well worth the 20 or less than $30. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of, like I said... Like a lot of these games, I've just gotten off of a whim, and I've been like, "Wow!" I've Persona like Five, I got Persona off Five, whim. I borrowed that on a whim. Pillars was definitely the most on a whim I've ever done, because I was. Just like, I, I got I, I played I started playing Pillars because of Elijah, so I wouldn't really say like, that was a whim. Yeah, I never even really heard of Pillars until I was in GameStop that one day. You might have mentioned it to me before, but it, I just didn't if know. I did, it was very small and then very passing. Yeah, but uh, like like I saw, but it, I, I I knew you didn't really like that style. And I'm always wrong at some point. Because <laughs> well, you, you like whenever I, th- I think you're not gonna like something, I'm just like, yeah, he won't like that. And then it's just like one day you're like, man, I'm playing this and it is great. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> uh, I stand corrected and slightly lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going sideways. <laughs> but like pillars, I got that just because I saw Obsidian on it. Yeah. And then I ended up fucking loving it. And I was, and granted, I I still haven't beat two. But that's just because I didn't know how the pacing went, and I'm already at the end of the game, like, really quickly. I didn't know how the pacing went in that game. I thought that the story would have been as long as it was in one. Yeah. So that's what fucked me on that. Because, like, to me, if I get to the end of the game really quick, and I don't want to get there that quick, I'll just stop playing it. 
Like, I, I don't know why I'm like that, but I'm like, I'm at the end of the game. Why? Now, okay, okay uh, quick off topic back to JRPGs real quick. You know what's one of my biggest complaints with JRPGs? What? Even though I know that they're not built for this and everything like that is fair. A New Game Plus. Yeah. I can't think of a single fucking JRPG off the top of my head besides maybe Final Fantasy XV. I don't know if they ever added it. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has one. Oh, okay. But you know what? Their, their, their New Game Plus fucking sucks. You want to know why? Nothing scales. Ah. Uh, that, that's stupid. So I can find, like, overworld bosses that fucked me at the beginning of the game, and I fucked them instead. But, like, there's, like no JRPGs usually have, a, like, a new game plus, which, I mean, I, like the I said, majority of those, I understand one, they're usually not built for that. They're more like one and done. Which, I mean, there have been times where I've just replayed through Final Fantasy VII and put another 70, 80 hours into it. <coughs> but that's mainly because, like, I know that game like the back of my fucking hand. Yeah. Like, I don't know Persona like the back of my hand. Like, I know a lot about it, yeah, but nowhere near as much as I do Final Fantasy VII because of how much I played it since I was a kid. But to me, for Persona 5, I would like there to be a, a new game plus, but at the same time, no. Because I'm going to have to go through all that shit again just leveling up my people again. Yeah. And to me, that's... Because, I mean, like I, would, like, dude, like, I would be okay with the new game plus in Persona 5 if it just kept your level and everything scaled. Mm-hmm. And it kept your social stats. Yeah, but it's not going to do that because that's a core element. I, I don't. I, yeah, I know, but I don't care if if it brought the confidants back down to one or anything like that. Like that doesn't matter to me. But like at that, I mean. But at that point, to me, because like I said, there's no at the base at, at baseline. I would like a new game plus where you kept your level personas and your abilities. Yeah, but getting back to that, like I was saying, like I said, like earlier in the episode, is that. There's no like really different like differentiating off your path. Yeah, like you're always gonna have the same thing. Persona Five is pretty much the only one where I would like a new game plus, just because I feel like I'd like a way to do it again easier. Yeah, like because like, I feel like Persona Five is one of those JRPGs where at all times I feel like I could have done better at this. Yeah, or I could have went about this a better way and done something yeah. and gotten more out of that day. Yeah, because, then, like, you really can't do things different in that game. You can only do them better. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, when it when it comes to, like, the day-to-day -day life, that's where things in Persona 5 get to where you're always constantly juggling things and thinking about, okay, which one do I need to do? Yeah. Like, to, like of course, right now, the state I am in the game, it's really easy at this point because all I'm worried about right now is confidants. Yeah, I don't have to worry about like, it. It's like, it's like, who do I level up? Do I work today? Do I go? Eat I don't have to worry today? about a fucking thing with work. I don't even go to jobs. I have seven million yen in that game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you get rich as fuck. In and that my game. social stats have been maxed since like eighty hours or so, or seventy. Yeah. I'm, so, I just, like pretty much all it's been is just me leveling up confidants for like thirty or so hours straight. To me, that, that's where Western RPGs definitely have JRPGs beat. Is because you can go in a new game plus or start a new game in general, and you have like thirty different pathways you can take. Yeah, I mean, like and they're all dramatically different. Look at Fallout New Vegas. You don't have a new game plus for it, but no. you can take so many different options you in can. any scenario, like any any conversation with any person. You can take so many different options. They could turn out completely different than whenever you did the first exactly. time. Exactly. That, that's what I like about Hell, Western me, RPGs. Whenever Outer Worlds came out, me and Trev. Had like different, like we played it in the same room the day it came out. 
Yeah. In your room. And me and you both were having completely different things happen. Well, we were. <laughs> Same, dude, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk was, was Cyberpunk, a drastic Cyberpunk one. was the most different for us. And that's what I like about it. It's never the same for any two people. Yeah. Because no two people's brains are wired the same way. Like, they're always going to be different. And to me, that's what I like. I like a game that has more of a unique feel to it and everything. Like, with a JRPG, like... You, you have that. You play Final Fantasy VII, you play Persona Five, you play Dragon Quest. You have everybody's played those getting, games. Everybody's getting the same experience. Yeah. Yeah, you may use a different weapon or use some different spells, etc., But et you're going to get the same outcome regardless. But with story and everything, you're going to experience the exact <coughs> same thing as the other person. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, that still has its own draw to it, but... To me, that to me that gets boring. To me, that's where JRPGs to me are one and dones. That's it. But to me, that also feels like you know with JRPGs, people can relate to each other more with them because they can like you have the same experience. Yeah, so yeah, that everybody you, has like the same like not necessarily the same passion, but like the like generally the same in, like interest in it. And like everything. not really the interest, but like you can you can talk about it more in depth because of the fact that you you know for a fact you both have the same experience. Yeah, like I can't be like. Walk up to some like some part somebody I know that's play Fallout New Vegas and talk about something and they may not have even had that happen. Exactly. Well, I, like one thing I didn't know about New Vegas and for some reason I never knew this. There's an emblem grand in the fucking game. Yeah. And I didn't. The know battle that. rifle. Yeah, I never knew that. You know why? Because I always fucked over the NCR. <laughs> that's one thing that never changed. I always fucked over the NCR. I don't really like the NCR. I might have. I might have. Then again, the, I don't like Caesar's Legion either. I might have gotten the NCR Legion. I mean, not the NCR Legion. Jesus Christ, the NCR ending once. To me, yes, man, is the best ending. Independent New Vegas, best ending. Yeah, that, that is that is the best ending hands down. Oh shit! One thing that I that I recently found out. And I don't know if you know this or if y'all know this. You know, like the final ending cutscene in New Vegas. You know, you want to know what that is? Hmm. That's not an actual video. They have a room rendered in for that. Your character is... Oh, yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah, your character has a forced perspective of the screen. That they're, they're just playing like... They're playing virtually what is a movie in game yeah. just on a screen, and your character's locked on it. And they don't have a narrator. You want to know what's fucking hilarious? They it's, have, a, it's an NPC. They yeah. have an NPC behind it called Ron the Narrator <laughs> actually talking to you while it's happening. So it's not an actual cutscene. You're just sitting there in a forced perspective watching a movie. Well, to be fair, wall. they had to get really creative because of the small development time. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know. To, to me, Fallout 3 could have been the same way, but I know New Vegas was like this. Yeah. Then I thought that was fucking hilarious. I thought it was absolutely hilarious that that's how that was. <laughs> it wasn't a cutscene. No, you, you just you were staring at a wall with a movie playing on it, and you had an actual NPC talking to you, and not a narrator. <laughs> <laughs> it was a one-sided conversation. It really was. <laughs> I can't remember if I've seen the NPC. He, oh, he's dressed up in Caesar's out, like Caesar's Legion outfit. Oh, okay. Like, it would be funny if they actually modeled somebody that looked like Ron Perlman. Yeah, that would have been funny if they actually put Ron Perlman in there. <laughs> uh, hey, man, man, Wayne Newton, I mean, narrates a radio station, so. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Vegas himself. Yeah. The Mr. only other person. Bruce Vegas. That, which, I mean, to be fair, he's. I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, Wayne Newton. By far, this is off topic, very well off topic, by the way. But Wayne Newton is very well Mr. Vegas. Yeah. That that is said and done. But Elvis is pretty Vegas too. <laughs> I mean he literally he literally had a song about Vegas. Yeah. I mean <laughs> That's probably the most played 
song in Vegas. Yeah. Because it's about Vegas. Yeah. Now, mind you, I mean, I, I like the song. I can't say I really like the song. It's overplayed. It's very overplayed, but also on top of that, like, in terms of, like, actually as a song, it's very meh. Yeah. For, especially with an Elvis song. Uh, there's a lot better Elvis songs. <laughs> and uh, not a lot of people know a lot of good Elvis songs. There's a lot more than just Suspicious Minds, I'll have you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so cracking me up. You try to play Suspicious Minds, you're like, I can't do this shit. <laughs> You're like this is a, you're like I can I remember you you it sat caught there, me so I remember off you, guard. you sat there and like this is the only Elvis song that I cannot play <laughs> <laughs> like I I, can, I mean I'm I sure. saw the defeat on your face <laughs> like after trying to play that you're just like I can't do it man I, I can't mean I'm sure if I actually it. sat down and did because I mean all it does is repeat the same thing more or less yeah but I'm sure if I sat down and actually got the lick down I'd be able to do it but it's just trying to do it off site. Yeah. And tried to like it just fucked my head. <laughs> like I want you were saying you were doing okay and then it got the you're like, I can't do this, <laughs> I, just, I just saw the defeat. I was just like, Well, I guess I'll just play the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw the fucking defeat on your face. I'm like, this is true defeat in a human being. <laughs> like this man has lost a part of his Because I mean I'm sure like you know everybody that knows me knows I fucking love Elvis. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> like a part of this man's soul. I am 24 years body. old, and I listen to Elvis at least at some point in the day. Dude, your dad is a fucking vibe. Because I was, <laughs> I, I was leaving for work one day, and he was out there sitting, fixing his fucking PT Cruiser, just blaring Elvis. Like, and he was just sitting there being a chill old dude. I'm like, that is a fucking vibe, man. Like, I want to do that. I want to do that one day. Just, See, just now you chill. know where I get it from. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that is like the chillest state of human consciousness right there. Then, then again, vibing, doing what you want to do, listening to Elvis. One, one thing that really did catch me off guard was that one time we went to, uh, it was Christmas, at, uh, my mom and papa Sally's. Uh, yeah. my, you know, they're, they're my dad's your parents, or my dad's parents, so my dad's side. <laughs> my bad. But, um, so... My, 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 like, we're sitting there, we pull up, and Papa gets out of the fucking, yeah, we're from the South, by the way, we've already said that. Yeah. Papa, yeah. <laughs> he gets out of his truck, and <laughs> he's in a brown uh, jacket, wearing an Elvis t-shirt under it, uh, his fucking boxers, and a... Ushanka. A, huh? Ushanka, that's what they're called. Like the Russian style hat. Yeah, the Russian style hat, yeah. and then some fucking house slippers. He gets out of his truck looking like that, and w- like after he opens the door, I realize he is blasting Blackstone Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> that caught me very off guard. I was like, "What the fuck?" I mean, whatever, you, whatever you get old, man. You, everything you do is just a vibe. No, I mean, I remember he used to like whenever he used to take uh, do that garden out in the front yard. Yeah, uh, he would always be out there in his boxers. People would just be driving by, he just wave at them. <laughs> Nothing but his boxers tilling a garden. Respect. <laughs> and to me, that's the kind of choices that JRPGs need. <laughs> you need to be. You need to have that kind of creative freedom. Hell of a segue there. <laughs> but you don't have that. You don't have that. You're always in a suit and tie, being the yes man. Oh God! You see that that ties into the Western RPG elements that I like. Fucker stole my rotisserie chicken. Now I need to go kill the president. Or, or you know, like in Persona's case, you're always the no man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Jesus. <laughs> that, that went off rails. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about Wayne Newton earlier. Yeah. But, but uh, shit, how do we even continue? Basically, when it comes down to it, there are differences between Western RPGs, such as CRPGs, ARPGs, Euro Junk, as you called it, uh, and JRPGs. And a lot of them are, of course, honestly, in my opinion, I feel like JRPGs are usually more deep mechanic wise. Yeah. But they also don't have the. the near as much shit to do. Near as much stuff. I mean, they do have a lot of stuff to do. They don't have the creative freedom as a Western RPG. Yes, they don't have the choices of, you know, taking different paths, usually, or anything like that. Which, which one thing that I... One thing that plagues JRPGs is budget. Yeah. They they don't have the billions of dollars to make one game, like a Western R, like a Western company. And does. do JRPGs get pumped out all the fucking time? They do. Like, like, they get pumped out like fucking candy. Yeah. They do. And not all of them are good, but they're like all of them have a cult. Like I mean, literally every single one of them have a cult following, of at least a couple like ten thousand people. They all do. They really do. But like I would love, like I think the only companies that really have enough money to actually do something have to be like Sega Japan, and uh, and uh, fuck Square Enix. Mm-hmm. But that's it. But I mean, if they had like Western money, I would love to see what they could do. I really, really would. Which, I mean... Like, to me... Yeah, like you said, like... I'd say for the biggest ones are, yeah, like Sega Japan. Uh, I'm going to be beating a dead horse by saying Enix. this. Because I know I've said it and I've rambled about it before in the past. <coughs> if Dragon's Dogma had the budget of a Western RPG, that game would never, ever be topped by anything. Like, I mean, ever. Like, I mean... I. To me, Elden Ring is the best thing since sliced bread. But to me, Elden Ring would literally be a candle in the wind compared to a full-budgeted Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma had a lot of uh, aspirations. It, it had the <laughs> most... To, to me, Dragon's Ambitions. Dogma... Ambitions. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma and New Vegas are both games that got cut pretty short. They didn't have a really good budget, but they still pumped out, like, fucking masterpieces. Yeah. They were, like... And I'm going to sound like the typical New Vegas fan. If New Vegas had more time and more money, nothing could top that either. Not a single Fallout could. To that's me, for sure. Hell, not, not, none of other Bethesda's properties, none of no other Obsidian property could. Like to me, if, if they, I wouldn't say any other Obsidian property, they're all pretty good. In they're their they're own all right. good in their own regards. Yes, I will. 100% but any Bethesda that. property, definitely not. To me, I, I really, really wish that I could just. That I was super fucking rich, and that I could time travel and just give fucking Obsidian and Capcom like five hundred million dollars a piece, just to, <laughs> just to see what we could have now. Yeah, I could only fucking imagine, man. I really could. Now, granted, there are some games that came out like that came out within like the past three years that had promise, but COVID literally fucked everything into the dirt. It did. I mean. I really, uh, the way that the world works sometimes really pisses me off because there's so much promise in everything, almost like nowadays, but nothing can get that done. Nobody can. Like to me, like the game quality for like the past five years has been shit. Like has been absolute fucking shit. It feels like everything except for a few exceptions 
is have, just have been, been nowhere at, near what we wanted it to be as coming out. No. Not, not at all. It sucks. It does. Because, I mean, of course, Cyberpunk had its own issues. That it, wasn't it necessarily just a COVID thing. Uh, which, wasn't that before COVID? Yeah. It wasn't long before it. No. But it was... It was... It had its own issues, mainly fans. I'm just going to be honest Mainly with you. fans, and it also didn't have a... Also, it didn't have a promising budget either. It really didn't. Uh, but, I mean, I, I didn't care if it got delayed. Because I knew I that if either. it did, it was because they were making the conscious decision that it can be better. Kind of like what and they did it, with Final Fantasy VII. They delayed people, it. Yeah, if people wouldn't have gotten so damn butthurt about it, we could have gotten a great game day one. Yeah. Like, it may have still had some issues, yeah, but nowhere near as bad as what it does now. No. And they're still fixing. Yeah, I mean, the game is... One thing I will say, ten times better than what it was at launch. Not even ten times, like a hundred times better. Yeah. And that's not even an exaggeration. It's a hundred times better. Is there still room for improvement? Hell yeah. Every game still has room for improvement. No game is perfect. I can't no. think of a perfect game off the top of my head. No. But people are are, are really what's killing gaming nowadays. It, it, it's the whether, cons- whether it's, you know... It's the consumer. Man, whether it's uh, a single-player game that has no bearing on any, like, buddy but a single person, you yeah. know, or if it's a multiplayer game that has some kind of a competitive scene or anything like that, people kill games. Not the developers, unless it's EA. Uh, <laughs> One thing that I have seen, I don't know how much you've, you've seen about it, but I've recently gotten to Siege again. Competitive players have absolutely murdered what that game could have been. Because... I can only imagine. Because... Gooby only wants to listen to that small 3%. Yeah. That's all they want to listen to. That's all anybody listens to when it comes to competitive games. No, I mean, no, I mean one or two things that they that they fix, I'm kind of glad. Like, like you can't, uh, <coughs> like, on some maps, <clears throat> you can't run out at the very beginning and get a spawn, and get, like, a spawn kill on, like, three people. They fix some of those. Do they need that? Yes. They absolutely fucking needed that. Did Jaeger need his ACOG taken away? Maybe. Maybe. Cut your... I mean, to me, one big issue with them is competitive players in any game are nothing but a bunch of pussies. <laughs> That's all they are. And they rule what happens in the rest of the game. Yeah. One thing that the Siege community has really s- said really loud is that, to me, there should be a... Ca- which there is technically casual and ranked. But, like, casual should have its own set of shit. And everything, but like ranked and competitive, that should be its own beast with those specific rule sets. I mean, that's like and I, like those specific designs. That's like I was talking to you about the whole thing with Elden Ring and everything like that. Yeah, like every single weapon I have maimed in that game has been nerfed. Yeah, and it sucks because I don't really play PvP in FromSoft games. Like there was you know some exceptions like Dark Souls One and Dark Souls Two, but Dark and Dark Souls Three, of course, I played a little bit, dabbled, not a lot. But I've just never been drawn to the PvP aspect. Yeah. And it sucks because they nerf weapons and everything that I probably use because, I mean, I like the weapon and it's good, yeah, but they nerf it and it affects me even if I'm not playing PvP. Exactly. It's fucking stupid. It is. So, like, it's like... Which is why I'm... Like, yeah, I get it. Okay, in PvP, yes, nerf Rivers of Blood. 
the, the katana. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a pain no. in the ass in PvP. Nerf when, swarm. Nerf yeah, nerf, yeah, nerf stuff that... PvP. But when it comes to PvE, let people do what they want to fucking do. Exactly. Like... <laughs> which is like I told Kayla, which is glad I'm, I'm... Which is why I'm so happy that Bubble Blower will never get touched. No. And it's because Bubble Blower, that is strictly a PvE thing. If you get hit by that in PvP, you are a fucking idiot. I'm still surprised people got hit with the fucking sword of night and flame i am too that just like the only way it makes sense to get hit by that is if you get surprised attack like i did that one guy in liddell yeah lindell lindell yeah Yeah, uh, he just came around the corner and then like as soon as i heard his footsteps i just went ahead and started doing the flame swoosh yeah and so as soon as he turned the corner he was hit by a fuck ton of fire yeah i mean to me like, like that makes sense but one thing that really killed Elden Ring is that it got picked up by a broader audience. Yeah. It didn't get picked up by just FromSoft fans, like every other Dark Souls game. Yeah, Dark Souls is always going to, like, like a FromSoft game is always going to pick up a little bit more traction from people just from, like, just like how you got me into them. Yeah. And everything. Like, you, you dragged me into that universe and everything. And to me, that's how a lot of FromSoft games got their popularity, where just people just talked about them, talked about them. And you know, and they ended up getting their friends into them. But Elden Ring got because it, Elden Ring was hype. It was hyped to shit and back. Did it deserve all the hype? Was it worthy of all the hype? Yes, a hundred percent of the way, it was worthy of all that hype. But that's what killed it for the for the regular FromSoft audience, is because you had people like that, where all they want like. They were new to it. They had never played a game as they, they were. I, th- I think I have a good way to put it. They were new to it, and because of that, they didn't. They don't have like it's not. I'm not. I'm, have, not, I'm they, not insulting anybody with saying this, but it's just true. When it comes to you've played like every FromSoft game or something like that, you have a sense of creativity in a FromSoft game that a regular person just picking up Elden Ring does not. That's why you look at Dark Souls One, Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls Three. Uh, fuck Bloodborne. I, you, I wouldn't even say Bloodborne. Bloodborne has has like no PvP scene. I know it that, has but one, but it has no. PvP but in scene. terms of like when it comes to create cre- build. creating a build, Bloodborne still has some creative stuff. Uh, not nowhere near as much no. in, in depth as Dark Souls. And we're not even going going to include Sekiro. That's its own no. That thing. that's not there's there is no build. There is no creativity <laughs> in that game. But really. the thing with it is. When you've been playing all the FromSoft games, you you have a sense of what you can and can't do, what would work and what won't, and you have this level of creativity already unlocked going into Elden Ring, so you can make the super creative shit, but you have so many people that just grasped onto FromSoft, and they just got onto Elden Ring, and this is their first FromSoft game, they don't have that creativity, all so they they're going to find the meta, the, the best thing they could possibly do for the easiest amount of time to put in and execution just like a fighting game mind you yeah and they're going to grasp that because of the fact that they it's easy for them yeah like of course they're going to grab rivers of blood and just press l2 to somebody fucking mercs yeah like it's yeah they're not going to take the time to sit there and be meticulous about what they want to do and how they down to the core of how they want their character to play and what they want their character to do hell there's people making characters that are based on Characters from actual media, yeah, and they do pretty damn good. At, yeah, excuse me, hiccup. To me, like <sighs> meta has the meta in Elden Ring. Because to me, there never really was a big meta in Dark Souls Three. Dark Sword was a meta for a little bit. Yeah, the Twin Cancer Swords were a meta. They still kind of are a meta. 
But the thing is about that, the only way that you could really overcome... Wrath of the Gods. Yeah, Wrath of the Gods. You can really overcome those boundaries. It's just by pure skill. Yeah. To me, an Elden Ring, you don't even have to have skill to be good at PvP in that game. Nope. You have... I. I, no, whenever I say this, you don't even like you don't you don't even have to have skill at all nope. to be good at PvP in, in Elden Ring. It's just throw a couple of spells or throw a couple spells and swing a sword or etc. etc. Et not even that. Use broken glitch number one. Oh, that got patched. Use broken glitch number two. Oh, that got patched. Use broken glitch number three. Yeah, that's all Elden Ring PvP is. You never see anything good. You never see anything creative. In my you opinion, only, you only see shit that kills people in one hit. What is the point? Of having a competition with another player from somewhere else in the world, online against each other, and all your game plan is is to kill them as fast as possible in one hit or so. What's the fucking fun in that? Exactly. Do I remember back in the day when we would play Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2? Yes, I'll even say Dark Souls 2 had some fun PvP moments. But that shit got tense. Dark, yes. You had to... Unless somebody was just shooting dark magic everywhere in Dark Souls 1... You you were constantly fucking fighting for your life. Or it le- was or all someone, skill. Or unless yeah, like if someone was a fucking parry god. Yeah, it was all. Even then, that's that's intense skill. Yeah, because I've I've seen people parry a ton of shit in Dark Souls One. Hell, I went the first time I went into the the damn arena mode in Dark Souls One. Mm-hmm. I went in there. It was me and three other people, all fighting in that square, and it was a free for all. And I just saw the I saw the dude parry both two two of the dudes at the same time. I was like, you know what? That's you. <laughs> you you good. No. I'm using a great sword right now. <laughs> that there's they were using one was using a, a, a fucking falchion and a sickle. Yeah. You, if you could parry both of those at the same time in different parrying windows. I think you could parry my greatsword pretty easily. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just going to stay over here. <laughs> Needless to say, he killed them. Because, <laughs> of course, after he parried them, he, he did the whole little switch to a dagger thing. Yeah. It, yeah. It was... To me, to me, yeah, like like stuff like that. To me, Dark Souls 3, I love the PvP aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it I was put, fun. I put so much fucking time into PvP. Like, I mean... Probably at least three to four hundred hours just in PvP alone. Like in Dark Souls three and Dark Souls, well, Dark, I want to Dark Souls one. Dark Magic was pretty bad, uh, but like Dark Souls, like any of the Dark Souls games, their PvP never felt entirely unfair. One-sided. Uh, one-sided or unfair. Yeah, same. Like, yeah, like same. basically, like, like yeah, like one, like these weapons might be like really good and sort of weird and they work really well just because it's hard to get away from them or whatever like the twin cancer swords or the dark sword but like one thing that i did but one thing that i thoroughly loved about dark souls 3 is that i didn't have to look up a video on something to figure out how to counter it yeah. i literally found my own counter to it yeah. and it wasn't popular no one else used that weapon yeah. you might have seen one or two other people use that weapon but i and you know what weapon i'm talking about the hammer mm-hmm. i was the only person that ever used that hammer really in pvp as a, because that was the only weapon that's a hard counter to the twin cancer swords. That is as hard of a counter as it ever comes. Like that is like, you can't get around that. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start your weapon art, I'm starting my fucking weapon art. I'm gonna fuck you into oblivion because I know I can. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna take like a third of my health and damage, or you're gonna take half. <laughs> Stonks. Exactly. <laughs> but but like that's one thing I liked about it. I overcame the boundary. Like yeah. I overcame the obstacle. I knew how to move past that. 
Like, I found that way. Like, I'd probably say I had one of the weirdest... Like, I, and I would always swap my build. My favorite build of all fucking time in Dark Souls 3 was using the... What, what was it? Lionheart? I fuck it, dude. I would do some. Oh, Lionheart was fun. I would do some nasty bullshit to people. I really would. You <laughs> c- and one thing that I thoroughly enjoyed about that weapon, it had so many unparable, op- unparable options. Oh, dude, I used to mix people up with a frayed blade. Yeah, like I would, I would straight up mind game people. It's just <laughs> like if I knew someone was a fucking. Oh, I thought my phone was vibrating. My bad. <laughs> but if. If I knew someone was going to sit there and try to parry bait me with the lion heart, I would always do my jumping guard too. I would eat, or I would just use either one of my weapon arts. You can't parry those. Yeah. But the thing is, I know, like, I knew how to mix people up. Now, granted, if you had a great sword you swung at me, I couldn't do fuck all about it. Yeah. Because, like, if I blocked with that weapon, I mean, yeah, the, the shield itself only blocked, like, 70% physical, and that was it. But everybody ran enchantments on their weapons. Everybody did. Mm-hmm. Everybody did. But, uh,. Yeah, like, I would beat the fuck out of people with that weapon. I really would, and I had a fun time doing it. Because you never saw it that often. And to me, like, those moments, whenever you overcome, like, like someone that's just done nothing but PvP with some weird abstract way, I love that. Kind of like how a dark handed that dude and one-tapped him. Yeah. I loved that. Was that the only time that ever happened? Mm-hmm. That was like winning the lottery. That wasn't <laughs> supposed to happen. Am I proud of that? Do I still talk about it to this day? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I still wish I had the video clip of it. We've been sort of off topic for the past 20 minutes. We're still talking about RPGs. Yeah, but, yeah that's very true. But Elden Ring has been killed by metas, and it will continue to be killed by metas and bogs. Any game with a competitive scene is going to be killed by a meta. It I will. mean, hell, dude, like me and Elijah were talking about fighters the other night, and he, like... Me and him both have agreed, like, it's pretty bad right now, because all you see is a combination of, like, basically, like, everybody's running a shell of fusions in that game, whether it be Gogeta Gogeta, Vegito Gogeta, Vegito Gogeta, yeah, there's two Gogetas, by the way, (laughs) Uh, whether it's, like, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, Blue Gogeta, or Blue Vegito, like, they're, they're in the shell, yeah. Whether it's a full team of all three of them, or it's two of them and Android 21. That's usually it. That's the meta right now in Fighters. Uh, to me, that's just one thing about a lot of games in general. People to- like people tend to like, lean towards the, the fucking meta. And now, Grant, I'm not saying that they're bad at the game, but to me, they're not as good as the dude who could pick up Piccolo and wash them. Yeah. They're nowhere near as good, and they never will be. Which, to be fair, Fighters is at a point where everybody's pretty... Viable even so to speak so there, there are some who have been a little power creeped like piccolo has been power creeped again which um, he needed it because he but he's, he's good. well i mean like he's been power creeped like lower than a lot of characters oh. what i mean like he's been power creeped above uh, or people have power creeped above him is what i meant to say but like it's it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be yeah uh like and they've changed some more stuff about some characters' moves, like Krillin's heavy after image now, mm-hmm. and it it uh it goes behind them now. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Instead of going over them, so you don't have a high low mix now. You have a you, well, you still have a high low. You can either commit to the after image and it hits high, or you can cancel it and go low. Yeah. You still have that, but it's also a cross up now. Which is nice. Because you have... Because since the after image is coming from behind them, uh, if you commit to the after image, you hit high on the other side. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you hit low on the side they're already facing. Yeah. So, 
which Elijah was explaining it to me because uh, I didn't even know about that. But I mean, it makes sense. Uh, it's really only really useful in the corner. Yeah. And if you use a mid screen, you need a lot of stuff to kind of cover it up. Mm-hmm. But he said like one of the best ways to do it is like like a piccolo assist and then do it. And yeah. It covers it up pretty good. Uh, but yeah, we're really off topic now. We're talking about a fucking fighting game. But <laughs> yeah, met, the meta will always kill the game. I, I really hope that Elden Ring will eventually get to the point, which I doubt because there's 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 way more shit in that game to do than there is any other game. Any there, other there, there's, way, sure. there's way more creativity whenever it comes to a build. Yeah. By far. But people always lean towards the one thing. Yeah. And that's it. To me, I would like to I would kinda like to do the the, the PvP scene, but the thing is I'm only gonna see two weapons. Mm-hmm. Or either just a fucking magic spammer. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, I, I really do like watching people who fight outside of the, uh, who fight outside of, uh, oh, god damn, what's the Harry Potter place called? Uh, f- shit. Ray Lucaria. Yeah, yeah, Ray Lucaria. To me, that that's like a dedicated PvP zone, kind of like, um... Jumbo, yeah, that circular spot. Yeah, kind of yeah. like in Orlando. To me, that's where you actually see creative stuff and everything. It's not just Rivers of Bloods. You actually see creative stuff except for magic users. Magic users can suck my dick. But, uh, that's where you see the creativity come into play. Yeah. That... that that's it. People always just stick to a meta, and that, that's boring to me. But uh, yeah, we we got a little off topic. I, I say this again, but I think we could uh, should close it out. Yeah. Um. Anyway, most of this episode, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like RPGs. At the end of the day, uh, whether you like an ARPG, a CRPG, Euro Junk, or uh, JRPG. They're they're gonna have their their pros and cons on each side. Uh, whatever you like is what you like at the end of the day. Uh, and on top of that, RPGs are probably some of the best video games ever made. Yeah. By bar bar none. Yeah. Because they're the things you're gonna remember the most. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna remember like if you, you're not gonna remember a moment in a shooter anywhere near as much. No. As you are as some cool ass moment you did in like a like a Western RPG where you made some kind of choice and it led to something and it just blew your mind. Yeah. Like sure, yeah, there's some moments in like some shooters back in the day where we were like we, we always remember it like, you know, the whole thing where you throw a knife into like Shepard's face in Modern Warfare two. Yeah. It, like, but, like like the only thing that I can rem- that I can remember I even did that was impressive in a shooter was that time I hit a headshot in Battlefield four that was like that was like, eleven hundred meters away. Yeah, but that that still doesn't carry as much weight as no. something that happens in an RPG. No, no, to me that will never have as much weight as a Leviathan fight. No, never will. But at the end of the day, RPGs are great. Some of the best games ever made are RPGs. I don't care what you think. <laughs> and you just play what you want to play. That's what we always say usually. Yeah. You're going to play what you want to play, and you're going to like it. Because at least I hope you like it anyway, if if you're playing it. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. So, this has been another episode of I'll Save a Sable. As always, I'm your host, Caleb Percenter. This is me, Trevor King Thick. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Ciao.